0: G'day guys. The Supercoach Experience Podcast is brought to you by Top Sport. Top Sport is Australia's number one bookmaker and personally my bookie of choice to get the best odds, offers and much more at the touch of a finger. Top Sport is also the home of Australia's best same game multi. With most other bookmakers, adding legs onto your multi decrease the odds. With Top Sport, the odds always stay the same. So you love punting on the rugby league? Top Sport is the place for you. You love punting on the cricket? Top Sport is the place for you. You love punting on the trots top sport is the place for you you even love punting on the dish lickers late on a tuesday night top sport is the place for you when signing up make sure to use the code sc experience that lets top sport know that you're coming from us and they'll take extra good care of you and as always over 18 gamble responsibly bet with your head and not over it let's get
1: into the show you guys are benched from the manly seagulls here's come through the the super coach Experience podcast is one of the best podcasts going around boys. Keep doing what you're doing and yeah I just want to say what a podcast.
0: Go the mighty eagles. Hey lads, you and Aiken here from the New Zealand Warriors. Hope you have a big year with the Super Coach Experience podcast. Over 210k followers over all platforms on social media. Um, he's well known throughout the Rugby League Society. Dane Clark, the owner of Clarky's Column. How are you, Clarky?
1: Yeah, good, thanks, Brand. Really excited to jump on today. I feel like you and I, are, you know, we're in pretty similar space. We both love sports content. We're at pretty similar stages in lives in terms of personal sort of stuff. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to tonight's chat. I'm looking forward to it too. We, we have gone
0: along similar paths, but differently like very parallel to each other um we both run pages um i I guess yourself your your page has been going for a long time you started up clarky's column in 2015 um it started as NRL rumors and updates when you were 17 years old how did that come about
1: yeah i wish i had a cool story but i really don't (laughs) i was just sort of always into footy and at the time i saw on facebook every time i would want to Click on some footy news. No matter what page it was, it always say, um, "You won't believe which player has just signed with the Roosters." Click here to find out. And I was sick of clicking there, so I just saw a gap in the market. I thought I'm young, uh, I'm not too bad at writing, and so how I started the page was NRL rumours and updates was essentially that. All the NRL rumours and updates. However, instead of clicking somewhere, I would just put a photo on Facebook and I would write my own little article. Or on facebook and so um it sort of just grew through that measure i suppose i wish i had a cooler story but no it was really just seeing a bit of a gap in the market i was tired of seeking uh, clicking on ads sorry myself um and i just thought let's just give it a go see how it goes uh, i
0: feel like i don't know this for sure but am i right in saying that it kind of started as a meme page like there you posted a lot of memes on the page
1: yeah, at first it didn't really have any direction because it was sort of just trialling the waters. What works? Do people yep. want memes? Um, do people want, um, you know, in-depth articles? Do people want quick little articles so they can scroll and quickly get the stories? A lot of it was testing the waters, um, and I'm, I'm more than certain that if someone went back to the start of my Facebook page, there would be a tonne of embarrassing posts <laughs> there or probably stuff that, you know, I'd probably be embarrassed to see myself. I guess you've got over
0: 7,300 posts on your Instagram, so it'll be take a while to get there. Um, You started as like that and you're finding your feet a bit. What, What do you think about like the pages that kind of went the other way and went the meme route? I know the NRL roast, they're quite successful in what they do. There have been pages who haven't been quite successful like NRL memes.
1: Yeah, right. Um, yeah, he got sued the shit out of him. I mean, rightfully so, I feel like there's a fine line and there's a, there is a, there's, a, there's a obviously a massive market for humour in society, but I think it's how you go about it, whether it's witty, whether it's funny, um, and then there's the other side of humour, which is um, not for everyone, certainly not for me, but it is for some people, which is sort of like more personal attacks and trolling and, and all that sort of thing. And so I think when it comes to footy content, if, if you believe in yourself and you believe in your content there's a market for it, um, but it's just about, you know, what, what sits right with you? Um, yes, you could get 10,000 likes because you do a funny meme about a player that's going to make him feel pretty bad about himself. If that makes you feel good at night when you go to sleep, then cool, um, that, that's your page, that's your prerogative, go ahead. Um, but for me, it's it's more, yeah, it did start with some memes and there is a market for it. Um, but, you know, you got to be really careful with, um, and, and you've got to, you know, weigh up your values. If you're okay with it, then sure, go ahead. Um, but I do like that, you know, it, it seems that that sort of behavior Behavior is more and more being called out on social media because the large majority of us do deem that sort of stuff inappropriate. Um, but yeah, it's it's all up to the owner of the page and whatever they feel comfortable with, I suppose.
0: I guess the difference between now and when the NRL memes got shut down, uh, back then it was okay for things like that to happen. But I think the highlight of it were, actually happened over the weekend when Fox League posted um, a, a story about Corey Norman and people absolutely roasting him in the comments. And by them posting it, it really seemed like they were supporting the roastings and pretty much all of the people from YKTR, they were all over it and they, they shut it down very quickly. And I guess that's just been the change in the last couple of years. So if you had have gone in the other direction, it it could have not ended that well for you.
1: Yeah, most definitely. I mean it's great to see. I mean it's it's really it shows that the people where the we're the ones that consume the content, we're the ones that can, you know, put our um hard-earned cash into the game so we should have some sort of say and that's not to say that every individual will have a say but if enough people band together um then there is obviously strength in numbers and numbers um in regards to this sort of stuff that particular post by fox league there's just no room for that in society anymore like you said a few years ago on a on a faceless page such as NR memes you could post whatever you wanted and people are going to ha ha react it on facebook share it you're going to get a lot of likes fox league tried to use that as their vehicle for traction they thought if we put enough negative comments up on a photo of Corey norman more people are going to see that and react negatively because he's currently playing poor um because it was posted while the game was still actually happening um another incident i can think what they've done they they posted a photo of cameron munster um holding his he's having a, he's, he's got a baby on the way so he was holding the pregnancy photos now they've not posted that for any other player But I believe they've intentionally selected Karen Munster because they know that the general sort of society around footy deems him as a grub. And so you went to some of the comments, man, and they were shocking, like, oh the kid'll be a grub. Oh, no doubt he's kicking in the womb. Like, you know and again, I, I can see why some people might think that's funny, but it's just it's all about um you know, what What do you feel comfortable with? If, if you really feel comfortable leaving that comment and that makes you feel good that, you know, you had a go at Cameron Munster's kid who's unborn and you got a few likes on Instagram, then cool. Um, but I think the real issue lies with Fox League and then, you know, sort of making it socially acceptable or encouraging people to leave those sort of uh, negative comments. And so that sort of behavior should always be called out for mine.
0: Yeah, 100% definitely. Um, I feel like in the past they've uh, uh, they've headed in a wrong direction, direction themselves and players like this, uh, I guess when you're leaving a comment on someone's page, you're really not thinking they're going to see it but most of the time, like if a post is directed at them, they're probably, they've are probably they probably got a loved one looking looking through it and I know they're pretty, um, what's the word, numb to it now but – Uh, it could really affect them in the long term. Like Ash Taylor could have gone in another direction back when everyone was giving him drama. And I I guess it's just, yeah, really good to see
1: that it's being uh, called out. Um, Yeah, most definitely. It's one of those things, but if you take a step back before you actually press send and think, how would I feel if I read this on my page, which I think a lot of people don't do, then obviously, you know, I think a lot of things could change. Do you feel
0: like you get a lot less personal attacks because you've actually got a face to the name uh, face to the page
1: in some ways. Yes. But then it also makes the attacks more personal. Yeah. Um, e.g. If someone goes, Hey um, Fox league, you suck. They're talking to a million dollar corporation and the person that that's probably um, a kid in uni, you know, taking over the social media as part of his training or something within the company. Um, whereas someone says, hey, Clark is rugby league column, you suck. Then, you know, it, it's me, I am the brand. Like, yes, this is the logo, but the, the, the brand is personal. It's me, I'm the one doing the content. It's, it's generally my point of view, etc. And so, yeah, I would say it's less, but when, it is, when there is an attack, it does feel more personal because, you know, the brand is me, so to say.
0: Yeah, so I guess speaking about Fox league, I guess the direction for your page one day would have been to possibly go further and go into a role into Fox League. What is your goal in relation to that now?
1: Yeah, I've really just dropped off. I, I mean, it would have probably been, what, two years ago. I had my heart set. I want to be a journalist. I want to have... Clarkie's column was meant to be um, where you'd get the newspaper on a Sunday and the back page would be Clarkie's column with some rumours, some interesting stats, some cool stories throughout the week. Um, highlighting some personal success for players you know this player started up a business throughout the week this player got married and it was meant to be sort of a feel-good column where you'd read it and you'd start your, your day well on a sunday in the sunday paper with all the awesome stories for the week um, that was always sort of my goal and vision of what i wanted Clarkey's column to be and then i obviously wanted an online aspect of that where i would do all my journalism and I'm reporting um but it's just not really the path that i'm interested in anymore i've tried for so many years to try to make a change and try to post positivity throughout my page. And it just feels for the large part that a lot of my energy and my time was wasted. Um, it's it's just so hard. Just we are starting to see it now. Yes, like the Corey Norman was a great example, but unfortunately for that one Corey Norman example, there's another forty nine or ninety nine examples that are let go. Um, and so I've I've tried so hard, and it's just sort of drained me mentally to the point where um, the page for me now is just if I'm not having fun, I'm not interested. Um, there's days where I wake up if I'm not having fun, if I don't want to create content, if I don't want to watch footy, I'm not going to do it because. At the end of the day, there's no there's no pressure on myself anymore. Um, I put all this pressure on myself to, I've got to try to get the most followers. Um, I remember, the, the um, what's his name? The Mole on Twitter. I think he has 150,000 followers for years. I've watched that number. I watched him grow and I thought I've got to try to get more followers so I can be the um, most followed columnist in Australia. Um, and at the end of the day, like, it's just a number. It's just a number. So uh, if I'm not having fun with the page now, man, then I'm not doing the page. It's as simple as that. Every single goal and aspiration related to being a columnist or a journalist or reporter in rugby league is um, pretty much dead. It's more so just a side hobby now and just a fun project. I guess
0: the way to go about it now, like Bloke in a Bar is the example here. You can make an empire out of just one person.
1: Yeah, most definitely. But I think the biggest difference between my page and other sports pages such as Bloke in a Bar, every time Bloke in a Bar posts, it's a promotion of his beer, whether it's great footy content or a straight photo of a beer, subconsciously as you are consuming Bloke in a Bar content, the brand recognition is sort of embedding in your mind um, and getting brand awareness out there. Same for YK, uh, YKTR Sports, sorry. Yep. Um, when they do a post, the objective is to try to drive sales to their T-shirts, etc. When I make a post, when I put just as much effort in, I just, what's my purpose? I'm not driving people to sales. I'm not driving people to um, commissions. I'm just posting footy because I love it. Um, and so I think because I never really had the business attached to Clarkie's rugby league column and I don't necessarily have this, those ambitions, it's made me really step back and just say, hey, this is a side hobby. Stop putting so much pressure on yourself and, and just have fun.
0: Do you think it can be a, a full-time gig if you wanted it to be?
1: I think it could be, but I think I would need to attach some sort of business yep. um, to it. Like my, if I did have like a dream job, it would be to run like a sports bar and it would be like Clarkie's rugby league. Uh, sorry, Clarkie's sports bar or something. And yep. just pour beers, watch the punters, you know, have fun on the horses. how watch the punters, have a fun bet. Um, watch the footy with the, the ladies and the boys everywhere you can. And that, and that would be a massive dream. Um, but in reality, that, that's not possible. I mean, yeah. to, to, buy a bar on its own, it's about a million dollars for your liquor license. I don't know where I'm finding that money. I think if I was to make it a full-time business, I would need to, I, I think maybe the only really untapped market at the moment would be maybe like sports store attaching like NRL branded sort of merchandise. Yeah. Um, but then uh, I at like Peter Wynn's score, that's recently gone bust, I believe. So maybe there isn't a market for that. There definitely is opportunity. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure if Gary V or some highly intelligent business-minded person got a hold of my page, they would probably slap the shit out of me and say, <laughs> mate, you are missing a huge opportunity. Um, but for me, in my personal life, my personal circumstances, then I don't think it's viable at this stage.
0: I guess if you're really pushing something that you're not passionate about, it's not going to go far because you're doing what you enjoy now and that's why it's doing well whereas if you're pushing something you're not really passionate about you're not really getting behind it's it's not going to do well because you've really got to be passionate about right I guess I was going to start with your personal life but we've gone straight into this um you work with a lot of NRL players um in the past on your page I guess moving forward you've done it more yourself I guess a couple years ago you always had nrl players on your page how has that been like interacting with them and what have your interactions with nrl players been like
1: oh it's really cool because when i was a kid i was the person that would wait hours after a game for a photo or an autograph Um, and so to be able to talk to nrl players daily now um, i think a lot of people see um, the amount of followers on an instagram page such as mine and think oh you know but you strip back the layers of clarky's rugby league column and the person that actually runs that page is the biggest footy fan you've ever seen um i mean if, if anyone's listening this and they go to my personal instagram you will see um my old walls were quite literally covered with signed photos that i'd quite literally waited i'm gonna guess anywhere between 10 weeks of my life um in time waited i waited six to eight hours for a cameron smith signature once (laughs) yeah like yeah that that's how bad i was like obsessed with football and meeting players and getting stuff signed um and so to talk to players and have them on my page a brand um of my my personal self was such a cool feeling i sort of at that time you know nrl players were being really misunderstood in the media there's a lot of negativity and so i wanted to remove that i wanted to connect fans of those players directly to them on an instagram story where it's just raw there's nothing edited the player uh, picks your question and he answers it and as a fan that's cool like you know Tyson Frizzell's just answered my question um and it's great access to the players we don't always get um but yeah the biggest thing was just removing the middleman which is generally the media or some form of journalist where the player might answer that question but it could get spun into a certain way. Whereas on a 10 second Instagram story, it's as raw as you can get. Really.
0: I guess with the NRL players, there's the middleman is being taken out a lot more these days. They've got, they've got the YKTRs, the bloke in the bars and everyone's just posting themselves being very raw themselves. Don't you reckon?
1: Oh, definitely. Like if I was a player now and there was lies about me in the media, I'm making a post right away. <laughs> like, They have so much power on their social media that I don't think a lot of players realize. Yeah. Um, and mainly that power is just to get the truth out there, or at least if not the truth, get your perspective out there. Um, you know, they always say that the truth usually lies in the middle of two stories. And so, you know, in the rugby league, well, quite, quite often we're only getting the one side. We're only getting the media's perspective and the media's side, and I think that's really unfair. And so if I was a player, um, let's go Clint Gutherson example. Um, You know, he wants a million dollars. If that's not true, and I don't know if it's true or not, but if it's not true and I'm Clint Gutherson, I'm opening up notes on my phone and I'm writing a quick little few paragraphs in there, hey, guys, not true, committed for the rest of the year, looking to negotiate after the year. Um, Hopefully I can remain with the Eels. You upload that, and that takes all the power out of the media's hands. Um, because then the media can't go and twist their own narrative because the narrative is there for people to see. Um, this doesn't just work in the rugby league world. Why do you think Donald Trump, who was you know one of the most powerful leaders in the world, why do you think he is on Twitter so much? Yep. Because it's a short 120-word or whatever it is, little paragraph that he puts up, and then the media can't twist his words. Yep. So if the most powerful leader in the world at one stage can do it, I've got no doubt that an NRL player could do it also.
0: I agree. Perfect example on the weekend, Corey Halriar Nera. There was a pretty bad tackle. One of the worst, I mean, I wouldn't say one of the worst tackles in in this season, but it was probably one of the most uh, brutal. And uh, he's just come out and apologised straight away. Obviously, these tackles aren't on purpose, but the intent is always under question. And the fact that he got to post straight to his fans, straight to the media, and Jerome Hughes replied, that was just so good to see that the fact that like he was out cold. You want to see these players forgiving of people just playing the game.
1: Yeah, almost definitely. A contact sport, mistakes are always gonna happen. The best part of that was CHN got he got on the front foot. Yep. He gets on the front foot, he posts it from his perspective, and now the media can't go and grab a story from that. If he doesn't get on the front foot there, there's nothing stopping you know a newspaper the next day from saying, um, Jerome Hughes is secretly filthy with the high contact. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And it's yep. happened before. But because he's got on the front foot, he's proactive. The fans love that side of footy. They love to see someone open up and tell it from their perspective because it's something we don't always get. And I just think it's a positive forever. It's a positive for the player. It's a positive for Jerome Hughes. He gets to hear it firsthand from the perspective of the offender. Yep. Um, it's a positive for the fans. We get more access. Yep. And it's... You know, it's not a positive for the media. It's a negative
0: for the media, yeah. which is in turn probably a positive for us again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He posted it, I think, like 9 o'clock the next morning. So, he took any chance of the media of twisting words and things like that. So, I don't know why we don't see it more. I feel like pe- players do wait a bit too long to do that sort of thing. But I, I guess they have a lot of time that they can't use. Um, uh, who knows? Um I guess moving on with uh, the players you've interacted with, who who do you think you're most starstruck with um, a certain player you've interacted with, whether that's in real life or they've slid in your DMs?
1: That's a really, really tough question. Um, The first answer that springs to my mind, I will say, but let's just preface this. This is all pre-obviously what happened. My idol growing up was Jared Haynes. So when I first interacted with him... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> obviously massive for me yep it's obviously changed in a, in a lot of ways um another person i would say maybe quake cooper just because he isn't from the nro world yep. and when i was a kid watching the wallabies i came in the era where george Greig and steve um larkin was sort of just starting to phase out and then quake cooper was sort of the face of the wallabies for a lot of years of my childhood that was pretty crazy um Maybe Payne Haas. I was in a nightclub with him once and he took a um, necklace off my head and started walking around the club with it. That was pretty funny (laughs) to see. Um, That that was a really, really fun night for me, actually. Um, It was after the Nines World Cup. Oh, yeah. um, And then Australia had the test matches leading up. So all the Australian Test and New Zealand players were in and all the boys from the uh, World Nines tournament were all in a, um, a bar. AJ Brimson sent me an invite, and that was one of the coolest nights of my life, Um, having beers, interacting with players, dancing with them, and it was sort of like a big private sort of function. I think there were a few randoms in the club that I didn't recognise, but it was just cool because as much as I was recognising players they were recognising me, which was such a crazy, crazy feeling. Um, but yeah, that was probably one of the best interactions with a ton of players and one of the best nights of my life, I would say. It was a lot of fun.
0: That's so good. I feel like even uh, on Fox League, we saw a few uh, at the start of the season, David Fafita saw you and he um, pointed you out and uh, you look like a kid again. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was so well. That was after we just beat the Raiders by a big margin. So um, I do. I, I have been really lucky to talk to a lot of Gold Coast Titans players, and um, the club that I go for, they treat me really, really well. Every time I go home, um, I've been into Mal office. I've been toured through our whole facilities. Um, I'm good friends with our executive chairman, Mr. Dennis Watt, who is just a champion bloke, an absolute legend, and a lot of the players um, he facilitates a lot a lot of interaction with the players. And I got a signed jersey last time I went home and all sorts of just really, really cool stuff. But since Dave Fafita has joined the club, everything's sort of been in lockdown because of COVID. Um, and Dave Fafita, obviously our star player. So, you know, he's just waving to all the times players and then Big Dave points me out and gives me a thumbs up. And it's just moments like that being a massive footy fan that just make you feel on top of the world.
0: Makes you feel like this is all worth it?
1: Yeah, oh, most definitely. Sometimes um, when, when I think like you know maybe i should stop maybe i shouldn't do this anymore um, i think to those sort of awesome interactions awesome experiences that i've had um even sort of being in the position where people enjoy my content so much i'm able to have a positive influence on them when they might not be doing it um so well i've had people ask me to do videos for people that um, might be sick in hospital or wish people happy birthday or i've had a few people ask me for photos at games and moments like that man are so cool um it's it's really hard to explain because when I'm saying oh, people are taking photos of me, I'm not saying it like in a, in, in a dick way. It is just such a cool feeling for myself. Um, and when I am feeling down myself, or maybe I shouldn't, you know, waste all this energy on the page, I think back to those awesome moments. And that's what really keeps driving me forward, I guess. Another
0: half win. From punters jumping in early or waiting too late. You get a good price on one leg, but the others have shortened dramatically. You still win. But it feels like you half win. Introducing Top Sport's best of the best multi. Get top odds on every leg, every time. Don't be one of these. Just bet and forget with Bob Multi. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly. You've had a lot of positive experiences. Have there been any negatives to deal dealing with the players? I know there's been a, f- a few that... I've witnessed myself, um, but well, what have been your most negative interactions with players?
1: My most negative interaction with a player um, would definitely be the one with Latrell Mitchell, which I put my hand up. I was in the wrong there. Um, I made a video. There was an NRL ad that came out, and a lot of the ad was what I felt them trying to be politically correct. Yep. They've shown f- females kissing after a game, and I said, hey, there's awesome NRLW highlights. I think we should play them. Um, they shown Tom Travojevic and Jake playing in the backyard in 19... 19- 98 or something and tom was meant to be four um when in actual fact he would have been like a toddler or something that stage so i took a wide i guess attack at this ad because i I just thought it was a bit silly but um the one part where i definitely crossed the line was and and the message that i was trying to get across was i feel like there's such a wide spread of culture across the i would have liked to have seen more flags shown um but i said this isn't the national aboriginal league we should be showing more flags At the time, I didn't really understand the depth of those words or how they could sort of offend someone because I was sort of um, looking at it from my lens only. But then, um, you know, through education and through talking to other people, I can definitely see that um, why that that was obviously a wrong thing to say. Um, So I put my hand up as soon as I realised I was in the wrong. I apologised to Latrell Mitchell. I apologised to everyone that I offended. It was never my intent. I I was, you know, taking aim in an ad, Um, not a race of people. Yeah. um, the, the fact is I said it, so you've got to put your hand up in these situations. Um, but obviously the troll was upset with me. We, we were pretty, I wouldn't say close, but we did talk a bit before that. Um, I, I met him a few times at some of Matt Rose's boxing events. So um, we used to text, we had a few interviews lined up, etc. cetera. Um, so that was a negative experience with the troll, but it was purely based on my own actions. So yeah, that would be the most negative I would say.
0: There was that little part that was taken out into context and people were sending it around and I, um, was that was that hard on your mental health uh to
1: yeah it's really tough it's really tough because you sort of just want to get on the front foot and be like guys I didn't mean it but at the same time it, uh, you know I'm I said it so yeah. what does it matter that I didn't mean it because yeah. I said it so a big part of it is trying to take responsibility but also trying to um i guess you know take the burden and the criticism uh, criticism of everyone all at once um yes it was very tough but at the end of the day I sort of never sat there and felt sorry for myself because I said it, I chose to upload that. I chose to put myself in the situation, um, which I didn't mean, but again, every single action leading up to that was a decision by me, albeit a very poor one. You know,
0: I agree with what you were saying, um, but obviously there's a lesson learned from this. Uh, There's certain things you've got to articulate your words and I guess be a bit smarter about it. Um, But since then, you and Latrell have uh,
1: mended? Yeah, we've spoken a lot of times and I still, every time I speak to him, um, I would have spoke to him probably, what, six months ago? And I, I just reiterated like, hey, man, that is one of the worst mistakes of my life. Yep. I still think about it every day. I'm, I'm so sorry for what I said. Um, it just, it, it doesn't make me feel good inside when I think about what I said. Um It's one of those things I really want to move on from, but I I still think about it because it was just such a bad mistake. Uh, Like you said, if there is a silver lining in all of it, it is to articulate your messages carefully, uh, particularly when you're talking around sensitive topics. Um, And in this instance, I learned a ton from my mistake there.
0: And I guess this just proves why Latrell is such a good role model for that community. He he has changed it. Like, I, I guess if he hadn't called you out on it, you may have not thought twice about, or, or someone, else might, someone else might, someone else might've uh, gone on and done it like a rugby league roast or something, or someone else big. And it could have been worse. Like at, at least he is making awareness and just making people think about their words. Cause yeah, sometimes words can hurt even if you don't mean them.
1: Oh, most definitely. And, I, um, you know, the Tron Mitchell calling out um, what I said was, you know, the best thing because if he didn't call it out, I, I, I wouldn't have known I did anything wrong. Uh, I would have thought that, you know, that that's a normal thing and a fine thing to say, which it's not, um, which I now realise. And it's great that he was able to call me out. And like you said, he is so fantastic for the Indigenous community and the fantastic role model that he is in and away from football. He does so much. Um, if you go on Instagram, if anyone listening, hashtag NRLFeelGood, There are so many magnificent stories that Luttrell is a part of. Um, And one thing I can say about Luttrell was when I did reach out to apologise, he said, um, like he pretty much straight away said, mate, I I forgive you from the start. Um, I don't hold grudges against anyone. I just want to hold people accountable. And I just thought that was such a mature response, particularly for, I guess, what was said by me um, and how he could have, you know, obviously been a lot more hostile or angry towards me for what was said.
0: Makes you feel really sorry for him because I've heard some interviews with him and he's... Uh, For all the scrutiny he got when he was signing from the Roosters to the Rabbitohs, like that went on for ages. It was the media's biggest story, but he's actually just the best bloke.
1: Oh, most definitely. I mean, the thing is with the Atron Mitchell, I always had his back. I always posted all the great stuff he was doing off the field. Um, It was never meant to offend him or, or anyone for that matter. Um, it was just, you know, a complete mix up of words gone wrong by myself, um, something that I utterly regret. And if there was anyone that I would never have wanted to offend, um, ironically, it would have been Latrell because um, I've always been such a big fan of him personally on and off the field. And I love it when I can get a hold of a good story of Latrell Mitchell and share it because it really is just a big stuff you to the media who's just strived to bring him down. It seems sometimes.
0: Well, it's good to see is come out the other end and yourself come out the other end, bigger and stronger. Um, I don't want to dwell on the negatives, uh, but we'll just – one more. <laughs> um, with uh, You have a lot of posts posting your personal opinions. How does it feel when you've got multiple people commenting, oh, this shouldn't be this way? And I know you preface a lot of your posts with this is just my opinion, but does it make you just second guess – how you're doing things and I, I guess does it just make you second guess
1: it does make me second guess because I see a page like bloke in a bar who really sits on the fence and doesn't put himself in a position to be sort of critiqued Yeah. um but then you know part of what I love is that I have a platform to share my opinion and that's all it is and I guess um back to the first part of the question how does it make me feel the first word is frustrated because a lot of the times what these people are saying is just incorrect it's just like it's just incorrect and i'm not saying that's because my opinion is correct but they've just commenting something uneducated um example a i have Dave feeder in my form team of the year at the moment at back row um i believe i have him with isaiah papali there now people were saying that um hamoli olika from the manly seagulls did i say that correctly i hope i did uh, but that Ola- Ola- Kwa- Ola- was there you go yeah it's probably <laughs> easier if you scream it in a high line yeah. so, People were genuinely arguing after we had one good game that that I'm so dumb and that David Feeder yeah. should never be there and that and the he should be there. And I and I said, hold on, David feeder leads the NRL for all forwards in tries, yep. line breaks, tackle breaks. He's the first forward since Steve Menzies to score two hat-tricks in a year. So frustration is probably the key word because I, I can't reply that to like 100 people. I've just sort of just got to look at their comment and go, okay, I disagree and just move on. So yeah, frustrated is definitely the best term to describe it.
0: I guess David Fafita at the start of the year, he was every media platform was on his on on him. They were just every second post was about him.
1: Yeah, oh, every time he plays bad, headline million dollar flop. Every time he plays well, top, big big gun titan and earns his money or something. It's like these journalists are instead of actually analysing the game and breaking down some big moments or some big plays or who did something that really changed the influence of a game, they will go straight to a player's salary and use that as their headline because it's just cheap and easy, um, which I think is disappointing. I think there definitely is a lot of room for growth in terms of how our game is covered by the media. Yep, um, And I think getting the obsession with players' salaries out of general headlines and, and articles after every game would be a really good starting point.
0: I think I've always said to my mates, like, their, their salaries – that wasn't their decision. It was the club's decision to sign them. So, like, good on them. Why wouldn't you want to sign for as much money as you can get?
1: Well, the way I look at it, if I work at Woolworths and Coles comes to me and says, hey, man, we want to sign you in a four-year deal for double the money, why would you not do it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. You, it's, it's just a, a lot of us have families or friends or loved ones we want to take care of, so why would if our manager puts us in a position to earn more money and a club is willing to offer it why would anyone in their right mind turn around and go you know what i actually think i'm only worth 300k and i'm probably only (laughs) worth two years so yeah well let's let's just renegotiate that (laughs) it doesn't make sense let's stick with
0: that yeah um i guess back to your personal opinion on things um i saw the other day you posted the nyc team of 2010 i think and someone commented Oh, someone else should have been there. And uh, like, how does that feel when it's clearly not your opinion, but then someone is trying to adjust something that's happened in the past already?
1: Yes. This happens a fair bit as well. I'll post um, something like the top 20 line breaks and it's purely based (laughs) on stats. And I will articulate this in the post and I'll articulate it on the photo and people will still comment. You don't know anything. This guy should be higher, but it's like, Come on, man. I'm happy to argue opinions, but I, what I can't argue is stats and facts. Um, so that is a line I've been using more. Happy to uh, happy to debate opinions, but not going to waste my time debating facts or stats. So yeah, um, frustrating again. Um, but ju- it just goes back to the r- another reason why I stopped writing such long format um, articles because people just don't want to read these days. Yeah. People just want to scroll see everything they need to know on a little photo on Instagram yep. because most people aren't even reading my captions these days. So um, for my around the league posts, which is the daily sort of recap post, I'm just copy pasting the same thing there. Now there's no point me coming up with anything creative there. It gets the exact same engagement yep. likes, comments, shares, whether I do or don't for the fact people are well, not people, everyone really, it, we are a lazy society, right? yep. you know, it, whatever, Whatever makes life easier for us is what we want. Um, and so, if someone can save 10 seconds not reading a caption on Instagram, they want it. If someone can save five minutes every morning with an automatic coffee machine, they want it, yep. et cetera, et cetera.
0: I think that's a really good format your Around the League uh, posts. they, um, I always quite enjoy them because I'm not clicking on the NRL articles to read a whole article, Um You want the summary. That's all you want. So um,
1: definitely. And then it's one of those things that no one else is really doing it. It's one of those things that sort of has separated my page from a lot of others. It's not as if I'm breaking some magnificent news every day. I'm just working hard. Um, You know, it's not easy after an eight-hour day to come, click on every rugby league website, read every rugby league article and summarize the key bits into you know an Instagram post yep that's ten slides it's not easy to do it is a lot of hard work um, but it's one of those things I'm willing to put the hard work in and I know that a lot of people do enjoy um, getting an update on everything in the one spot
0: I was just about to move on from uh, all the page type stuff because we want to know a bit about you a bit more but one question I do want to ask how long does it take per week to create all the content that you've been doing like is it hours? Is it minutes? Like, or what what type of time, what type of time are you spending on these sorts of posts?
1: It really varies. Uh, but for a general rule of thumb, my day will look like I'll get to work at maybe seven thirty to eight thirty. I'll work till four ish. Um, sometimes I'll have some appointments or whatever after work. I'll come home from four till four thirty, and I'll sort of hang out with my daughter for a little bit. Um, see my partner for half an hour, catch up on their day. And then I'll come right in here uh, and I'll probably work till about seven thirty, seven seven-ish. Then I'll have a quick 15 minute break for dinner. And then I'll come back here generally till about 8.30 to 9.30 and then try to go to bed. Um, so some days it can be, yeah, literally around five hours. I think if I'm lucky, I can probably get away with two hours. Um, but yeah, somewhere between those sort of time frames Then it's, it's a very, very busy schedule. That is nuts,
0: uh, I guess you just mentioned you had a daughter, you've got a daughter, how's how's that, yeah. how's it been a dad, I, I my wife is 38 weeks pregnant today so
1: this will be my last podcast for a while, <laughs> so I've, yeah. how, how's that been? Oh, man, it's one of those things like it's so hard to put into words. It's just such a surreal feeling. And obviously, you're going to experience it soon, man. And I remember leading up to talking to some of my older friends. I've got a kid on the way and they'd all say, oh, good luck or you're not going to get any sleep. But it's such a small component of it that it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, You know, you you might miss an hour's sleep overnight because your child wakes up a few times but then the next morning they're going to wake up you're going to get to hold them they're going to smile or do something cute and it's just going to it's just going to make your day before your day's even started man so um one thing was uh, that was probably my biggest takeaway a lot of people were so negative towards it like oh man you're not going to get any sleep or have fun and oh it's, it's just awesome like it there's yes it is challenging at times but for the most part man like the good without a doubt one thousand and one million percent overrides the bad
0: it's really crazy how negative people are towards towards like when you say to them oh having a kid like they're all gonna say oh you've got you're gonna get no sleep like my wife she said she's already getting no sleep like she she'd prefer to have no sleep over something that she cares about but it's like it's in her tummy she can't do anything like yeah yeah it's it's absolutely ridiculous how how people say that and um i'm really really excited for the journey coming forward. How does it change your life?
1: Oh, it changes your life massively. So it changes your perspective and your outlook on everything, sort of everything that you do. It, it's sort of for them. So to say, yeah. um, like I, I, you know, but before you have a kid, your mindset is always your partner or yourself and growth and growing your assets or whatever it is that your guys goals are. But then that, what changes is your relationship with your partner and your life and the fact that both of your goals and ambitions 1000% combined together um, and that that you you are both just solely focused on this one person, um, you know, for the whole period of them growing up. So your whole perspective on sort of everything um, changes, you know, you can be having a long day at work, but then you know that you get to see your kid when you get home and then the day seems to go faster or, you know, you might make, five thousand dollars for the week and previously you might have thought oh that i can get cool new shoes or new xbox or whatever now i think like wow i can't wait to you know i go to costco now and instead of looking at all stuff for me i go into the kids section man i start looking at all the cool stuff i can't (laughs) wait to buy isla so it just changes your whole outlook and perspective in, in such a positive way how did
0: you meet your partner
1: in the Navy. So we were both um, communicators in the Navy. Um, Tara probably joined a year after me. Um, I came back from a deployment in Darwin and was working at a communications center here. um, And she was here also. Um, I got out of another long-term relationship. I was probably with my ex for let's say maybe like uh two years mm-hmm. um I was always friends with tara in that time and so in that sort of next year after i'd broken up with my ex tara and i started hanging out more and seeing each other more and it just sort of grew from there very
0: good uh something i didn't know about you and a, a lot of people probably wouldn't know about you either so um very good to hear that sort of story um how was your childhood i uh, we're going very backwards here but that's okay how was your childhood and how did you get into footy and sport did you play any sports
1: Yep, played footy from under sixes till under seventeens before I, up until I was um going to join the navy. So yeah, played footy basically my whole childhood. Um, was never really the best. Was never really the worst. I just just played for fun. I just loved it. Um, I was really good defender. Not so much of a good ball runner. So um, <laughs> I think I made like Gold Coast Academy or something, which is yep. yeah. I never played any rep or anything like that. So um, within my age group on the Gold Coast, um, only. Oh, only would it be two people have gone on to play in the NRL. Keenan Pallacea, who's at the Broncos currently. Yep. Um, and Keegan Hipgrave, who's played a little bit for the Titans and just moved to the Eels this year. So yep. when you think about it, man, like it's the cream of the crop that are making the NRL. There were thousands of kids that I versed throughout my childhood under six to 70, and yep. Only two of them made the NRL. Yep. It's crazy when you look at it that way.
0: And they're not even well-known names throughout, <laughs> throughout uh, yes. the NRL yet. So, from what uh, is making it through when you're versing them, they're still making hurdles and things like that. Um,
1: Moving on, uh, what uh, what position did you play? So when I was younger, I played a little bit of 5'8". Then I moved into the back row, and then I was never really that big of a kid, so I wasn't really good at hit-ups or running on the edge. Um, So my coach sort of put me into a lock role where he said, in attack, I want wanted me to be sort of like a second 5'8". And then he said in defense, I want you to defend like you do and, you know, make make your tackles and get through your work there. Um, Which is really funny because at the time, that was the wrong mold for rugby league. You did not want a ball playing lock. You wanted a lock that was another prop, essentially, because you wanted another middle third out there. Now you look at how the NRL is now. And this is how I always coached when I coached. I always had my lock as a ball playing um, forward. But back then, the mold was... Your lock is essentially another prop forward, a Jason Tamalolo, who if you put an eight on his back or a 13, his game doesn't change too much. Now you want your 13 to be a Brandon Smith, a Victor Radley, or um, someone with some ball-playing ability. So it is interesting to see how the game sort of evolved.
0: And uh, why did you stop?
1: So I stopped to do my Navy training. Um, So that would have been when I would have been going into under-18s. So Mm -hmm. I obviously didn't play um, whilst I was doing that. And then I didn't play under-19s either um, because I was still doing my Navy training. Uh, I would have got back from a deployment at the end of 2018-ish, I think, and then I signed up for the Adfa team, which is the Defence Force Academy team. Yep. Um, and I was playing centre there, which was a position I never really liked, but um, I was having fun. Uh, but then I just I had just a horror run of injuries, man. I had uh, my spine prolapse. Um, I had to have three back operations for that. Um, I had I tore two my, both my labels down the like, side of my shoulder here, so I had to get surgery for that um i tore my rotator cuff so i had to get keyhole surgery in here for that um and i still need both my hips operated on so i just had like probably the worst season you could ever have um but it is interesting because from that the silver lining was actually my instagram page because up until this point I i don't think i'd started on instagram if i had started on instagram it was very very new yep and so I just knew that yes I'm injured yes I'm hurt yes I'm probably not going to play rugby league again but I have so much passion that I want to still put into the game yep. and so that really reinvigorated my Facebook page and that's what caused me to sort of go into Instagram as well and really focus on building a community with Clarkie's rugby league column
0: did you play any other sports or were you interested in any other sports I know we've spoken about cricket a little bit
1: yeah, when I when I was growing up, I never really played any other sports, but um, uh, apart from like you know the lunchtime soccer or t-ball and sports, yeah, etc. Yeah. So I, I've tried a range of every sports, but outside in clubland, um, I only ever played um, rugby league. Yep. But cricket, I know, I know we speak about cricket. I played backyard cricket. i backyard <laughs> cricket every single day. Um, I wanted to play cricket so bad, but my dad just <laughs> wanted me to stay in rugby league, so I never ended up playing cricket. But I had friends who were very good at cricket and I could bowl them out. I could, you know, yep. hit their shots. Um so I, I think I would have done okay at cricket if I ever did play. Um but yeah, I, I do love cricket as well. I, I basically love any sport. I think yep. any sport can be entertaining to watch or play.
0: Yep, I agree. Uh who's your favorite cricketer and NRL player?
1: Our uh, favorite cricketer, I'd probably say Marnus because he plays Manus. for the Brisbane Heat. That's yep. who I go for in T20. Yep. Um, and then obviously he's great for Australia there as well. And as far as NRL goes, I'm probably going to pick AJ Brimson from the Titans. Yep. He's sort of been my favorite since he debuted. I just love the amount of energy he brings to the team. He just seems to be everywhere. He just pops up and just plays footy and he just always gives 100%. And it's hard not to love that. And who's
0: going to win the Daily M medal this year?
1: Oh, well, Tom Trevojevic looks to be
0: out for the next week or two. Do you think he's banked enough? Is he is he ahead? He's surely
1: ahead, right? Well, how many games have Manly won with him? Because he, he's, he, he surely he's won three points, the majority of those. He's played
0: 13 games. I think he played Penrith for one of them. He yep. played Melbourne for another. I think he may have polled one point last
1: week. Four line break. I would have said he got three points last week. You reckon? Week. He only get one. Oh well, well, still well has- we don't know. We don't know. Well, the thing is that that's the thing with how Tom's playing at the moment. He had a uh, you know seemingly a quiet game a- a- against the storm, and he still had two tries, his four line break assists, like four- if any other fullback does that. It's a crazy game. Four line
0: break assists against the storm. That that's crazy. That's unheard of. Oh, yeah. Like
1: surely, not he- happen.
0: Surely he pulled there, and he would have pulled a lot of points. Like on the weekend, three. You reckon?
1: Yeah, this weekend, three for sure. I think he had like four tries this again. Yep. If, if I had to say, if I had to make my top three prediction, I'm going to say Tom Travoy, is my first choice. Yep. Nathan Cleary will be my second choice. Yep. And my third, Smokey, probably Cody Walker. I think he's yep. probably won three points in the last couple of games there for the Bunnies. I
0: was speaking about that today with some mates and Cody Walker is a really good shout. He's in a really hot team and he's constantly got his hands on the ball. One I I want to bring to your attention. Do you possibly think Nico Hines, if the ball went his way, is a chance as, as maybe not to win it, but to surprise people like kind of like Clint Gutherson did last year?
1: I think Nico Hines could probably be within the top seven-ish area. Yeah. Um, well, he, he's still second in the NRL for try assists and line break assists. Yep. So his rise has been incredible. Um, it also depends as to whether they start playing Ryan Puppenhausen in the starting role again, because yeah. that would virtually eliminate his chance of picking up a few more points towards yep. the end of the year. But I would say, yeah, he should be within the top 10, top seven, I could see. I think top five might be pushing it. Yep. Um, just for the fact that in this Melbourne Storm team, there are so many stars that might be stealing his points, so yep. to say. E.g. he might have three tries, but then Remy Smith might have three tries Munster might have had a really great kicking game. Brandon Smith might have had amazing scoots. There's a lot more opportunity, I feel, for the Melbourne team for other players to take his points because they're so level across the board as opposed to somewhere like Bunnies where Cody Walker is just so integral to everything they do.
0: Yep, I agree. Do you think the Daily M system needs a revamp though? Um, Because uh, what, what do you think the best solution is?
1: The best solution is hiring a professional panel of ex-players mixed with journalists, mixed with people that have been in and around the game, maybe former coaches for a large portion where they can um, form a pretty good opinion. Now I understand why this won't happen because financially it's a nightmare for the NRL, but every single player needs to be rated zero to 10 every week. And they need to come up with some sort of metric or formula as to what does Meters matter, what do tackle breaks matter, what do missed tackles matter, what do errors matter, etc. And then they didn't mix that with the opinions of professionals who, if they've got to go back and rewatch the game, go back and rewatch the game. The only way for us to accurately get the Dalian medal every single year is that. Unfortunately, it's a nightmare for the NRL to organize and it's a nightmare financially, so we won't see it. And I, I do think, look, for the most part, the correct player does win the Dalian medal probably yep. nine times out of 10. It was just in the case of last year where, yes, Jack White was great, but Nathan Cleary was better. Yep. Yes, Jack White won, but how did Clint Gutherson not get any points in the final round when he came up with the tri-saving tackle and had two Yep. If he just got one point, he would have been equal, I believe. Um, and so there are obviously some inconsistencies across the current Dalian system. But I do believe for the most part we do get the correct winner still.
0: I do think – I think possibly the judges are to blame as well. I feel like they're choosing the wrong players. Like the big names are always getting the points. Um, in 2018, Roger Tull got it. He was one of the better players. But I, I feel like Damien Cook was – the, the Damien Cook and James Tedesco were better players in 2018. I think the right people aren't voting um, and this system could work but uh, – most of the time, the best players are getting the the award. So, um, I don't know. I guess something that they probably will look into in the future, uh, depending. Um, I guess that's pretty much it. You just bought a Tesla? Yeah,
1: 2021 long-range model. Yeah. Yep. I just. Uh, real, real. <laughs> I,
0: I saw you driving the other day and uh, I just recorded I'll just bring <laughs> up the audio now. Uh, does it actually sound like that?
1: (laughs) No, it's (laughs) it's dead silent. It's honestly dead silent. Um, very, very fast. Uh, I've had Mustangs. Um, I've had Mercedes Benz AMGs, um, which was supposedly the world's fastest SUV model. And this Tesla is without a doubt faster than those, So, um, (laughs) yeah, I've honestly got no complaints about it. The auto drive feature is awesome.
0: (laughs) Well, it's, it's, Really good chat with you, Clarkie. I'm um, glad I got to speak to you and talk about your personal life. And, uh, I mean, there was a lot of footy in there, but um, it's, it's what everyone is here for listening. Uh, so thank you so much for coming on and uh, good luck for the rest of the year and for then however long you do this for.
1: Yeah, my pleasure, man. Thank you so much for having me on. I would appreciate it coming onto your platform. It was, it was bloody awesome. Um, had a lot of fun tonight. And um, similarly, best of luck to yourself with the upcoming um, birth of your child. It's gonna be fun. And obviously you recently got married as well. So congratulations on that. You're kicking goals everywhere in life, my friend. So um, it was a pleasure to be on.
0: Thank you, very happy. And get uh, yourself to kicking goals. And what else can we ask for? <laughs>